Welcome to the Unseen Realm with Paul Renfro and friends. I'm your host, Paul Renfro, and with me are dear friends and mature people who are studying the scripture together about living as a spirit. We're using the scriptures in my book, Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. It's available at ParadigmLighthouse.com. That link is in the show notes. You're welcome to get a copy, but you can just follow along. We'll have a whiteboard that has the excerpts and the Bible verses we'll be discussing. But it's the tagline that probably drew you to this presentation. Finally, a Bible explanation for what you are experiencing. Because all of us in this group are like you. We have been through this process of having that itch inside that nobody could scratch. But instead of giving up or just taking it as part of the norm, we each have pursued God and found that he could scratch that itch. When strange things keep happening in you and in your life circumstances, don't you feel deep down that there is something, some way, somehow, some, somebody in an unseen world that is active and maybe even determinative in this visible present world and maybe in your life? Well, you aren't crazy. That is happening to more and more people, and we know because it's happening to us as well. So we know for a fact that it is God agitating people to draw near to him. And that's not an easy process. So we welcome you to join in. That's what we're discussing tonight. Please give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down because your comments are welcome. And the show notes will tell you how to contact me directly. Now, my friends and I, thank you for joining us. It's a privilege to talk about these things with each other and to include you. We're taking one Bible passage at a time that's used in my book, Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. And so first, I read the scripture, and then we read the short excerpt about that scripture from the book. And then our group discusses it together, and I'm sure you'll find that to be not only fascinating, but also relevant to your own questions. So let's get started. So we're going to start with three excerpts from the scripture about children growing strong in spirit. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord, and the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and men. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And then, concerning John the Baptist, so the child grew and became strong in spirit, and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. And then the third one is about Jesus. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And here's the excerpt from Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. The Bible described three young men as growing strong in spirit, Samuel, John the Baptist, and Jesus, each to impress those around them. Some evidence of spirit was compelling enough that their lasting reputation in childhood was strong in spirit. A scripture does not explain what that evidence was. It does not give a sequence of development for our spirit's characteristics. However, there is a parable from common human experience of growing into adulthood. The infant has only perception to begin with. No other self-knowledge exists. And the first thing perceived is discomfort, both bodily and emotionally. Crying after birth is its expression. The next layer of recognition is community. I am not alone. Others respond to my expression. This tacitly affirms both the perception 
and the expression of the baby. Soon a human child becomes self-aware, identity. The youngster discovers mirrors and learns that he or she exists separately from others as a unique presence. With only a few years of growth, its own unique attributes fuel the child's preferences and responses. In teenage years, identity formulation percolates within. Community becomes a critical element of that identity. Next, a person understands having a will and power of choice. Finally, we grow the ability to commit to our principles and to others, marriage, work, sport, and church. That's from pages 32 to 33, and nobody sees this you. And now let's see what we have to say about growing strong in spirit. We have three mothers in the group tonight, and they've witnessed it firsthand. Fire away, ladies. Uh, it's interesting to uh, look at it as, as the example that you gave in your book, Paul, as you watch a child grow. I can definitely see it in my daughter. She'll be four here in December, and um, I can totally see that pattern. <laughs> and yeah, it's it definitely is a good example of what it means to become a, a new spirit when God gives us that new spirit. He just completely gives us a brand new spirit from flesh to life. So in your experience, Rebecca, growing as a Christian and realizing that you are a spirit and not just filled with a spirit, how can you relate to this description? Can you, do you see in, in your life a similar progression that Abigail has been experiencing simply in, in growing as a person? I think it took a while. As you said mm -hmm. in the book, it does take some time. It's not just a low-hanging fruit situation where you realize that overnight. I know that it does speak of it in the Bible, so I guess I intellectually knew it, but I didn't quite understand it fully. I definitely think that I'm still in the maturing phase, as we all are, I know. <laughs> but I, I definitely feel don't feel like I'm very mature, to be honest with you. I do still war against the flesh quite a yes. bit. But, but yes, I definitely do see that in my own life. But because of your description of the spirit, I am learning more about what it means and how to identify as a spirit versus just with the outer things, the flesh. Do you ever look at Abigail maturing and think, oh boy, that, that feels like me or what I'm going through spiritually? Yes, I do, yes, it does translate over sometimes. So I would definitely agree. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Abigail is uh, just precious. Lisa, we're going to come to you. I'm going to get you to unmute yourself. And Lisa, in your family, where have you seen these things manifested? Oh, goodness. I'm not sure. I agree with Rebecca. I am such an infant spirit. <laughs> I really am. I was always religious, but till I started really with your books, um, oh. remember what the last book or the book three that I yeah. that was when things started clicking for me oh, that's so I'm a baby so uh, well if it's if it's maybe you and me I've been doing this for 50 years if it's you and me it might look like this but when we're standing next to Jesus Christ it looks about like you and I are about like this and he's right up there so it's all good and and for the listener and viewer that should be very reassuring that's not a contest God appoints the path for each of us and Lisa, you've lived your life and been religious, like you said, and you did what you thought you was required. And now a new vista has opened up. It sounds like pretty exciting opportunity. How do you feel? What do you feel like the future holds for you as a living spirit? 
Sometimes I just get amazed. The story this morning that I told you about running into my son's oncologist. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's the guy I wanted. And it's almost like circumstances are unfolding and you just go, oh, wow. That's yeah. what I was praying for. <laughs> oh, and I and I started out actually started a new thing. I because everything's been so so bad around here. I just started out the day like, okay, Lord, I'm going to look forward to seeing your power and glory at work today. I can't wait oh, to see yes. the wonderful things you're going to do for us. And sometimes I am almost like, whoa! <laughs> I didn't think it was going to do all that. <laughs> <That's pretty cool. laughs> not, not that I write. Not like magic. It's just. Yes. Yeah, like I said, being a, an infant spirit and then mm-hmm. seeing it's like almost going through there and going, oh, they're, they're there. Yes, that's true. Lindy, what Lisa is describing is something that everybody can relate to. We're just at different points. And as you look back over your growth as a living spirit, what are the highlights as we've gone over this excerpt? You've listened to Rebecca and Lisa. What are the thoughts that you think or meaningful or other portions of chapter two that relate to this. I, I had made a mark in the book what one of the many things that was significant to me in chapter two was when you're talking, it's on page 36, spirit and personality. Mm-hmm. This self-possessed identity is the very mistake that Lucifer made. Ooh. That was really strong to me. On page 36 of the book, man, and so, we, because we think of our personality possessively, it's mine built into our very person, whether we consider our intelligence, our talents or anything unique to us, it's mine. This self-possessed identity is the very mistake Lucifer made. Why did that have an effect on you, Lundy, as I, you read that? I guess to hone in on the fact that Everything we have belongs to God. And obviously, one of Lucifer's largest mistakes was pride and arrogance. And a lot of that came from, you have another line that says, but Lucifer wrongly thought that his qualities were his possession. I I guess it's just good to remember that everything we have is from the Lord. I don't know. Do you bring, can you tell us what else you bring out of it, Paul? It's an amazing thing that God Almighty, the Lord Jesus, three in one, has the sole prerogative to say what is. In Hebrews 1, 3, it says, after he sat down at the right hand of God, where he holds all things together by his word of power. And the cherubim worshiping God together with all of the saints and angels in chapter four of Revelation say, Worthy are you to receive glory and honor and riches because you created all things Mm -hmm. and by your will, they exist and have their being. I did a study on that some years ago and in the Greek language, which John used to write that originally, the word, the phrase, all things, pontos, means not merely hard objects like we would say in a naturalist, materialist worldview that we have in our century, but also that it includes circumstances and coincidences. Oh, like meeting the oncologist in the hallway, just like you pray. So he creates all things. And by his will, they exist and have their being. 
And so the, it's not just that, that the clouds hang in the sky, although they do, it's that there's a cloud over your head when there's a cloud over your head. I used to wonder playing golf, God, are you directing my golf ball into that sand trap with all the dimples and the air and the wind and everything? Of course, just like any of us, it's easy to neglect our own contribution, right? And I, I made a very poor contribution. That's why I quit playing golf, although golf's a great game. But the point I'm making is that he has the sole prerogative to make what is, and that includes Lundy's personality. And that includes Lisa's personality and Mike's health status and Rebecca and Abigail's growth track. He is making it up as he goes. Now, I've got a little secret for you and for the listener, the viewer. For the last two years, I've been referring to the nine book Unseen series, but I've been told it's now 10 books. I've been told by you know who. It's 10 books, and and I don't want to give away too much yet, but we'll be discovering how time interacts with the heavenly realm in a much greater depth than we have in previous books, because it's a very timely issue, as it seems from all circumstances and news reports, that the end of time is upon us. We want to be prepared and not caught flat-footed, and so we're going to be humble and just wait on the Lord to see what He does. But the point is, only He gets to say what our personality is, back to full circle. He has the sole prerogative, and that means I have hope of maturing. I'm not stuck. What all my family told me I was when I was growing up, they're not God. They were wrong. They could be wrong. They were wrong in some ways, right in others. But when they told me I was ugly, they were wrong. Or maybe I was ugly for a baby, but to make that an element of shame in my life, that's wrong. So the point being, only God gets to say, and God says, I love you. And listener, viewer, there might be voices in your background where there's been messages that there's something shameful about you, or you should be guilty, or something you can't help, or something you should despair about. Well, guess what? Maybe those people said those things. But now that you're an adult, you can turn to God and say, what do you say about me? Because it's God's prerogative to say what our personality is. Linda, you really set me up for that one. and That really popped out. How did that affect you? Because you're the one that brought this up. Lundy, what, what are your thoughts about those things? One verse that came to my mind when you were talking is I have taken great relief at the the verse that says that those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. Yes. In Romans 8, 29. And so you've taught me to just believe what God says, exercise faith in what he says. So I've thank the Lord so many times that yeah. he will conform me to the likeness of Christ. If he says it, he'll do it. <laughs> oh, uh, what a great confidence. What a great confidence. Jerry, how about you? We've been talking about these things uh, related to what, on the whiteboard about how we grow as spirits. Now, you have been walking with the Lord a long time. Tell us a little bit about how you relate to these things, Jerry. I just just logged in, so I'm a little bit behind. That's all right. So we've been talking about how Samuel, John the Baptist, and Jesus grew strong in spirit. We've been talking about how the human child becomes aware. And I tell you what, while you get caught up, let's go back to Rebecca. Rebecca, as we were talking about Lucifer's self-possessed identity and so forth like that, in your life, have you known people who you feel were exemplary to you in letting God say who they were? Or maybe the other end of it, 
People right. who were yes, I have seen both examples. And usually if it's someone who is displaying the proper way, it's usually someone who is a little bit older, to be honest with you. I think it's it is part of just the maturing as a spirit. And I think I do think that sometimes does take time. Like you said, um, learning to be a spirit is not a low hanging fruit. I think that um, just over time and cooperation, as you speak in the chapter about agreement with God, agreeing with who he says that you are, that is, that is how we're transformed. And so, especially as when you're a younger person, especially as a teenager and stuff, I think that that is one of the hardest times. And then as you mature into an adult, it becomes perhaps a little bit easier once you are learning what God says about you over time. I don't know if I have any specific examples, but like I said, just over time, the more seasoned saints, I think, are the ones that I've seen displaying the more positive side of it. And that's encouraging to me to think that I can grow and become more of who God says I am. And listeners and viewers, obviously, are going to have the same hope as just one foot in front of the other. And Jerry, let's come back to you. We'll let you finish the cycle and tell us now your thoughts about this topic of how we grow as spirits and uh, your thoughts about what you've heard said. Yeah, I um, immediately when I was reading your, your whiteboard, the first thing that came into my mind was a class I had years ago about the id and how that id is formed in the first seven years of your life. Mm. And I immediately was struck with the feeling that the number of children who today, their sphere of how they learn is not good at all. And not having Christ in their life, not even knowing about Christ, that they're so deprived of being able to grow in spirit because they're just not exposed to it. And I'm right in the middle of a is issue with a family that is struggling right now with that. And it's very, I don't want to say depressing, but it, it fills you with anxiety to think about those who don't have that self-awareness transition, except the environment that they're in and the things that they see. And it, it reinforces the need to get these young people introduced to Christ. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. I'm sorry if I, I'm a little bit of a downer. It's just where I've been in the last few days. Not at all. It emphasizes the importance of the scriptures we started off with. Samuel grew before the Lord. John the Baptist grew before the Lord. And Jesus grew strong in spirit, each one of them. And so there are folks like that. My grandson, and he has those qualities as well. But one thing's for sure, that come back to what you said, Lundy, Romans eight twenty nine. Those who he predestined, he foreknew, and those and glorified, and then order that we might be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So God is working a plan. It's our part, like Jerry, you said, boy, yes, we want to reach every child and and make sure they have that opportunity, and uh, not just children, but people in general. I've got friends that I'm witnessing to to try to wake them up to life in the unseen realm and, and the necessity of being saved because of the not only the the threat of eternal damnation, but also the presence of all these evil spirits bringing wool over people's eyes and deceiving them. And so, Lisa, I'll give you the last comment. You, I can see you're about to pop over there. 
Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just listening intently. And yeah, when you said about the demons around, just recently Halloween was celebrated and it, just, it was just a holiday. Like kids, we dress up, we went and got holiday candy and everything. Right. Now I almost oh, stay away from it. No. And I got my daughter and I, my granddaughter. We did not do, no, we're not doing any of this. I this mm -hmm. I didn't realize. <laughs> when you wake up to it, it it's frightening. Remember this: we, the Lord God, lives in us who have followed Him, followed the Lord Jesus. And so, listener, we're going to send you out with that remark, and that is that if you don't know where you stand with Jesus Christ, then just say, Jesus, I, I need you. I can't make it. See, remember He said in a previous episode, "Blessed, blessed." are the poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. Now you might think, listener, that it's rich in spirit that's blessed, but it's actually backwards in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so you, there's plenty of room for me. And the, if there's room for me, there's definitely room for you. All right, Dan. We'll continue our discussion in the next episode of The Unseen Realm with Paul Renfro and his friends. In the show notes are the links mentioned as well as the whiteboard we used and the scriptures that we discussed. Now, you already know that our podcast and Bible discussion benefits from your thumbs up or thumbs down, right? So thanks for doing that, and we'll enjoy your participation. If you have questions or interest, you can use the contact form at ParadigmLighthouse.com to reach out to us.